Hey friends, Ryan here from Revival Fires and we want to welcome you and thank you for listening to this podcast. This is a brand new series entitled The Way Ahead by Trevor Baker and you are listening to part one, how to overcome baggage in our lives. We would love to host you at one of our meetings on a Sunday morning right here in Dudley. Visit our website to find out all the details. We look forward to meeting you here. Well, it is... So good to be back together, isn't it? And uh, just great that we can meet like this. And for everyone watching online, we want you to celebrate together with us that we're able to meet like this. It has been a long journey, hasn't it? And we've learned to do a a few new things And uh, just big thanks to everybody here on the team who have helped us to make the transition. And, um, you know, and we are in a new time. And I'm not talking now about viruses and all the rest of it. We are in a new time. I believe that we need to embrace the new. And we need to move more and more into the new. And so... You know, for those of you here, for those of you watching online this morning, I want you to embrace the new. One of the last messages I spoke before we went away for a great break. You know, we had a wonderful time in France and um, very little, very little, um, what can I say, preparation for meetings. You know, when you can take four weeks out. There was one week where we did a conference. Um, Sharon thought I just needed to slip something in just to keep the juices going. Um, Not really. But, uh, you know, all the time we've been away, I've just been reading the Gospel of John. I'm not going to preach from that this morning. I've just felt by reading that, I've read it for myself. You know, I haven't read it for anybody else. I haven't read it to get a message. I haven't read it to get a theme. I haven't read it for any other reason than just to allow the Spirit of God just to speak into my heart. And I hope that, you know, for you here and for you watching, that you'll find time just to allow God to speak to you. You know, not through, not just through messages. Messages are important. There's a great There is a great blessing that we receive from the proclamation of God's word. But when we are able to just be in that quietness with God and allow him to speak to us, he speaks right into our spirit. And so I was saying that, you know, the last message I said, every encounter is a powerful confrontation for us to live a different way of life. You know, and, um, and I, I took that story from, or I took that theme from the life of Sam, uh, Saul. And I want to continue that this morning. So, you know, I know there's been some meetings in the meantime. I've been blessed listening to Chuck. I've watched um, the messages that have come forward. I was looking, I jo- jotted something down that Ryan said a um, couple of weeks ago, and he says, the, um, God sets foundations by his word and his destiny by, and our destiny by the prophetic. And, 
You know, I believe that God has set a foundation in our hearts and in our lives. And that's why after 20 weeks of not being together, that we are able to meet together like this today, to break bread together, to do those things that are at the foundation of our lives together. You know, and that doesn't mean just us here. That means everyone in your home watching today. We have a foundation that's been set through the word of God and how we've embraced that. And there has been a powerful confrontation that has allowed us to live a different way of life. And then also there's the prophetic. The prophetic is about our destiny. It speaks to our future. It's long term. And I was listening to something um, Bill Johnson said. He was speaking at a conference this week um, down with Kenneth Copeland. And uh, he talked about the power encounters are for God's way of dealing with problems. You know, and so when I look at the story of um, Samuel and Saul, you see there was a problem. The problem was there were donkeys that were lost. And so with that, there was a problem that needed a powerful encounter. And that came through the, the prophet. And the first thing that the prophet says to him, your donkeys have been found. You know, that is what power always does. It answers the problem that we're in. And we need the power encounters with God to deal with the situation that we're in so that we can hear the word that's going to speak into our destiny and take us further. And so the prophet... The power is for the problem. The profit is for your purpose. That is your future and your tomorrow. And that's how we need to move forward. We need to move forward together with that prophetic word that God is releasing over revival fires at this time. I believe that we're going to come into a whole new dimension of the miraculous. Why? Because as I have read the book of John, miracles always bring a revelation and a manifestation of the presence of Jesus. It isn't just about somebody coming and a miracle happening. The miracle was always to reveal Jesus. And I I sense that we're coming into a new place of revelation. The new place of revelation is going to is going to usher in a new dimension for us to move in the miraculous. So there is the power encounter and the prophetic encounter, the revelatory encounter, so that God can take us into our future. So let me ask you, what power encounter have you had over the last 20 weeks? Don't tell me we haven't had problems. I mean, that just goes without saying. You know, there have been problems. I don't know about you, but our home has been different. You know? And the way that we have 
live life together has been different. We've just been in France and we had Ryan and Anna with us. And then we had Ellie and Nathaniel with us. And uh, we said to each other, my, we live a very quiet life. You know, when you put all those children together, you know, and, and it's like I would get up in the morning and uh, realize that I didn't have a quiet space. You know, I would get up in the morning and there would be a demand that I had to go and get Cocoa Pops. I can't remember getting Cocoa Pops for anybody for the last, how many years, Anna? 35, a lot of years. And here they were. And I don't want Cocoa Pops. I want Ready Breck. You know? And, uh, and when we said, we live a very quiet life. You know? And, uh, and so when we began to drive home, I don't think we said a word to each other from where we were till we got to about Le Mans. And, and I think then is all I said was, this is where the Le Mans is as the 24-hour race. And then we were quiet again, you know. And the next, the next part was, shall we stop for coffee? You know. And, uh, you know, but we've had to live differently. I won't tell you all the things that go on in between as well. You know. But there's been... Things that we've had to go through. But let me tell you, we are through. We're back together. You know, whether you're watching online or whether you're here, we're back together. This is only a part of the whole. But we are part of a whole of all those who are connected in here who are running with the vision of Revival Fires. And so, you know, for us, God wants to always deal with the problem that we're in and he releases power. And you realize afresh, you know, I mean, even for us, that we have realized afresh just the the power of God's provision. You know, we come to this month and um, we have virtually dropped our salary 50%. You know, why? Because we want to step into a new place of faith. And, and I mean that. And uh, we're wanting to move forward and every new dimension that God takes us into requires a new level of faith. And so we can't get there on what we've had in the past. And so... You know, we're, we're wanting to move on now. That will release, that will release incredible finance for new workers here. You know, and I'm just so excited. I mean, I am pumped with regard to our future. And, um, and so here, we've had powerful encounters, you know, in terms of God's provision. But that's not all. We've had powerful encounters with other people. You know, and in those we've come into contact with so many people wanting to connect in with what God has done over the last 21 years here. 
not connecting with Trevor and Sharon, though we are the figureheads of that, but connecting with what God has done over the 21 years. And so we're going to see things change so much. But we still need the prophetic to move us forward into all that God has for us. And so here, you know, I want to talk this morning about lost baggage or hiding in the baggage. And we'll come to that in a moment. But if you look at this story, it had about it was about donkeys, baggage and company. And that was, there was donkeys that were lost, that were baggage that they were hiding in. And there was a company who was prepared to go with Saul into the new. Something that had never happened before. They had never had a king before. And so there needed to be those who were going to go into the new with the prophetic, not with Saul. Though Saul was the figurehead For God unfolding a new dimension regarding the kingdom of Israel. And so here, that had never been done before. And so as we move forward, and as we look to the way ahead, there's five things I'm going to go through, but there's also three more things afterwards, okay? Five things is this. There is a time in your life When you're being directed to a pathway that you've never been before. There's a time in your life when you're directed to a pathway where you've never been before. Saul had been a labourer in his father's business. Looking after donkeys. He was now going to move down a pathway he'd never been before. That's the first thing. Second thing is this. There's a moment of embracing your new prophetic identity. And listen in the life of Saul. He, when he got home, I'm reading from chapter 10 and verse 14. It says, now Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, where have you been? Looking for the donkeys, he said. But when we saw that they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Saul's uncle said, tell me what Samuel said to you. Saul replied, I assure you, he assured us that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell his uncle what Samuel had said about the kingdom. See, there was fear and fear made him in inferiority brought about inferiority in his life and so that fear wasn't just something that was external inferiority is what is happening internally in your life and so here he told him everything about the power but he didn't tell him about the prophetic and about the destiny And I feel that's important. If you embrace your new prophetic, the third thing, your new prophetic identity, you will be assured of God's presence. You see, as we do and step into the new, and as we embrace it, we can be assured of God's presence. You know, when God told Israel to go forward, Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us up. And God said to him, my presence will go with you. 
If you embrace this new and if you go up and if you step in, my presence will go with you. The fourth thing is this. Listen for the prophetic direction and watch the presence of God closely and move when he speaks. So it isn't just about a one-off. See, the power encounter was about donkeys being lost. The prophetic kept coming to him. See, I believe that so often we get caught up with the power encounter. And listen, we can't keep changing our lives every single week or every month or every six months. We can't keep doing that. Do you understand? It's impossible. Now, I'm not saying we don't change But so often we're looking for the next power encounter, the next power encounter. But the power encounter was so it would bring us to a new place where we could hear and step into a new pathway. And that pathway became the new life. And so then God speaks to us so that we hear a word behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it. And so the sheep know the master's voice. And so now it isn't looking for a power encounter. It is allowing God to speak into our lives in the new. So that we can continually walk into that new life. You know, something Sharon said while we were away. And that was that, you know, life, the new life is eternal. It's everlasting. It just goes on. And so what is it that God is taking you into in terms of the new for your own lives? Because we need the prophetic to constantly be speaking to us. And that may not come with a power encounter because there's a problem. It may come because God just wants to direct us. He wants to have fellowship with us. And we need to get used to that. We need to get used, used again to God speaking clearly to us. My sheep hear my voice and a stranger they won't run to. God has put and also God will put the right leaders in place to help you enter into what you've been waiting and watching for in your life. So know the leaders. You know, not that they're detached or we are detached, but get to know. I believe there's going to be a new dimension with regard to us knowing one another. Hallelujah. Because that comes in with fellowship. So the way forward, the way ahead. See, the baggage is that which weighs us down. See, that's what we carry, the, the stuff that we carry. You know, the things that we have that weighs us down. And here, when they were wanting to bring the king out, where was he? Because of his inferiority, he was hiding in the baggage. He was hiding behind the things that weighed him down. Listen. I am not saying that sometimes God will speak to you and the weight of what he says to you can be weighty. 
you know, can cause you to feel that if I were to say this, people would think I am so pretentious. You know, that was constantly said about Jesus. Who do you think you are? You know, you're saying that you're the son of God. Who do you think you are to say that? That's blasphemy. You know, then he says, well, I'm the living water. How do you know that you're the living water? And so here there's all of these things. The thing is, Jesus always knew who he was in whatever situation he found himself. If they needed water, he was the water of life. If they needed bread, he was the bread of life. If they needed ice, he was the, the way to seeing and having revelation. And so here, see, the baggage is what weighs us down. And what about you and me this morning? Just some things to really help you go through this week as you begin to make your way ahead. And we all have to start in these places. See the way ahead, the baggage of opinions. That is not only your opinion. See, you can have an opinion of yourself and people can have an opinion of you. Samuel had, Saul had an opinion of himself. And I believe it was a low opinion he had of himself. And when God spoke to him, God was raising him up to look at himself in a new way. Not as a donkey seeker, but as a king in Israel. And so here, there are opinions. There are status. See, let me tell you this morning, status doesn't cut with God. It really doesn't. Our upbringing doesn't cut with God. You know, there comes a point, you can do all of the testing. You can do all of the little tables and charts to tell you what your gifts and what your callings are. But let me tell you this, ultimately, it's how God sees you and it's what God's plan is for your life. Not what Myers-Briggs or not what, you know, Magrasson and all the rest of it. It's not what all of these say. It's what God has to say. And listen, if Saul had taken the test, the um, Myers-Briggs test, he wouldn't have got anywhere. If, if um, who's the other one? Gideon. If Gideon had taken the Myers-Briggs, I mean, he would have been way over here. You know, come on. And listen, I'm not saying don't use them. They're only thumb sketches that may help you understand yourself a bit better. But we need to allow God to speak to us and for him to speak his purpose into our lives. And so here it's not our status, it's not upbringing, it's not where we've come from, it's what God sees in you. And so often we're waiting for other people to see something in us and to make way for us when we need to go to God and allow him to speak to us and for him to be the way maker. He is still the way maker. He's the way maker for your life. He's the way maker for my life. He's the way maker that can open doors that you thought could never be open. He can give you opportunities that you thought could never come your way. He could set you in places that you thought would never happen in your life in a million years. And God can do it in a moment. See, that is the God that we adore. That is the God who knows us. That is the God who, who speaks and says... That you're going to be leader over my people. You will deliver my people from the hand of the Philistines. You're going to be the one who will govern my people. You know, all of those things. And 
Samuel says, when they said to him, what did he tell you? Oh, he didn't tell me anything. He just told me where the donkeys were. It's so easy to keep in the past and not move into the new. See, all he was saying, I'm still a donkey seeker. And God had made him a sovereign king. See the difference? Listen, let's go back over what God has said about our lives. Embrace what God has said. And then also, there's doubts. See the baggage of doubt, the baggage of self-doubt, where you doubt whether you could be anything, do anything, achieve anything. That's all about our own self-doubts. Don't allow, don't allow the enemy to get you into a place where you're doubting what God has said. Faith is able to see that which is unseen. And we need faith. God wants to move us into a new dimension of faith for this new way ahead. And then also the baggage of sin. You know, our failures, our mistakes, the times when we resist what God has said. You see here, he's resisting what God has said. You know, when you resist what God has said, do you know what you do? You set yourself up in enmity, hostility against God. When he didn't tell them what he was, what he was doing was he was taking the enemy's position about his life. And he was resisting what God had said and therefore he put himself in enmity with God. But those who are born of the Spirit, the life or the law of the life of the Spirit... We are able to embrace, we don't resist because the next step for resisting is rebelling. And listen, there are things in Saul's life that he never got right. But God wanted him to be king. God doesn't make mistakes. God wanted him to be king. But because of the way he lived his life, he didn't overcome his own failures and his own mistakes. I mean, he could have said, well, listen, how on earth can I be king when I can't even find donkeys? I mean, what would Myers-Briggs say about that? What would, your, what would your personality type tell you about that? You know, here you are going to be king and you can't even find donkeys. You look everywhere and you need a little girl and you need a servant to tell you there's a prophet you don't even know it yourself you don't even believe that yourself and so there's failures our mistakes which can really lead us to a place of inferiority and I mentioned that already you see when the outward what people think is internalized and now it's not about other people It is about your own inner fear that causes you to keep silent when we need to speak out. When we need to say what needs to be said, but because of fear, we hold back. See, I believe that that's happened too long and we need to step out again into that new way ahead. And then also some of the other baggage is Satan. 
What does he do? He brings up our guilt. Things that we got wrong. The mistakes that we made. All of those things. What he does, he brings things back to our remembrance. See, I believe there's one area of the enemy where he tries to take control. And that is in the area of memory. You know, and I talked about memory biases. We all have them. When we're in a situation, what do we do? See, if we've gone through pain in a situation, it will be very difficult for us to break through into a new place. Because of the pain that we have been through in a past experience. And listen, when you've been brought up in a home and there has been generational sin, I I don't know who it was, but um, I heard it while I was away. I think I may have read it. But somebody said this, all sin is generational. Interesting, isn't it? All sin is generational. See, there's a bias that's been put into our lives by generational sin. That's why God is the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Come on. Why? Because he wants to deal with it all in our lives. And so also there's times of flashback. But you see, if we're to move out of that, we need to come to a new place of repentance. And I've been looking at this and... You know, and just going over some of the things I've heard um, Chuck Pierce say, and just looking at this whole area of repentance again. Because I feel that so often we don't make it all the way through repentance. And so what happens, we keep getting stuck, and we keep going back, and we keep doing what we've done in the past. You know, have you ever been like that? I know it's been true in my own life where you, 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 you make a breakthrough. There's a power encounter. You make a breakthrough. And then you go back to God and you say, oh God, you know, that sin, I've, I've committed it again. And God says to you, what are you talking about? Well, you know, you know what I did. You know, the last time I was here and I confessed it, I repented. And here I am again. God says, what are you talking about? Well, don't you know? No, I don't know. Why? Because God doesn't remember our sins. So he only deals with the present that we're in. But you see, we have to, we have to deal with the generational sin. We have to deal with the traits in our life. That's why the Holy Spirit's given to us. And so here, as we look at repentance, it comes in three levels. And I've got enough time to finish this today and only be half an hour. Okay? It comes in three areas. There's, there needs to be a mental shift. That is, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Therefore, be not conformed to this word. That's Proverbs 27, verse 7. Uh, is it 27 verse 23 verse 7 in Romans 12 it says be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewal of your mind so that you may prove what is God's good pleasing and acceptable will for your life is see we're to move forward if the way ahead is going to bring us into the new we have to deal with these things and listen I'm not asking people this morning to come and to grovel and to say to God how sorry they are I want you to come in true repentance 
I want you to come and say, God, these, these mental images, blocks that I've got in my life, I have looked at life in a certain way. I have looked at a life. I've had a way of thinking. I believe this, but I choose now to believe that. See, I believe this, but I choose to believe what you said. I believe that I couldn't change, but I'm choosing to believe that I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. Can you see? That is a paradigm shift in the way that we think. And as we do that, you see the truth that's being presented. You know, God, I keep committing that sin. Once you get a new view that God doesn't remember your sin, that you're only dealing with the present, that you can step into a new with God, carrying no baggage with you. God doesn't forgive you, then load you all back up again and say, now when you do that again, you're going to feel the weight of it. Just to make you bow down a little bit further, God doesn't behave like that. When you get a view of God, when you get a new mindset on the way that God looks upon you, every time that you ask him to forgive, he forgives. He takes you at your word. Let me tell you this, he believes in you more than you at times believe in yourself. And so here, you see the truth presented to you and you have to make a choice. Corrective action. Anna was speaking last week and all about the corrective course action that Paul was in. See, God changing things, circumstances that change things around, situations that change because God wants to change you and bring you to a new place of faith, the place of course correction. You see, it says the carnal mind is enmity. It's opposed to God's correction. See, God wants you to get a whole new paradigm that is a whole new way of thinking about your life and the way ahead hallelujah second area and sometimes we just about make the mental shift the second one is an emotional shift and that is to let go of the issues to let go of the times that Uh, The things that have happened in our past that ties us to it emotionally. So that when we're in a situation and that emotion pops up, is that what happens, we go back. See, it happened with the people of Israel. When they were going into the new, they said, oh, but we don't know what we're going to eat today. What did they do? They went back. Their gratification of the immediate took them back. See, they wanted, in their pain of hunger, they wanted to go back and they wanted to use that in the past that had been a source of nourishment to them, a source of satisfaction to them, in order to deal with the pain that they were in. See, we have to get over these things in order to move forward. See, that's what happens when we go through pain, even in our lives. You know, whether it is, whether it is sexual gratification, it's only because of the pain of isolation and we want to gratify ourselves. And then what happens? We repent, we move into something new. And then what happens is the pain comes up again. We move back into the place of isolation and then we 
cause ourselves to gratify ourselves instead of stepping into the new and allowing the Holy Spirit to be our source of satisfaction. Do you understand? These are simple truths, but unless we get hold of them and move emotionally in repentance so that it touches us in our emotions, we won't come through and we won't step into the way ahead. And so here, what we do, it stops us taking hold of the new truth. It stops us and keeps us tied to our old ways. Our spirit stays connected to the old experience and we need to be healed in our past emotions and pain in order to shift into our future. And so there is emotional repentance. I'm not talking about showing a whole load of emotion in repentance, though that may be there. I'm talking about allowing the new truth to touch you emotionally so that when you are faced with the pain of the present, you don't go back to the past ways because now you have a new way. There is a new way of thinking. As a man thinks, so he is. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then the third thing is this. It is a volitional shift. It's a shift with regard to your will. It's a shift with regard to what motivates you and the way that you act. Will you follow your new paradigm? Will you follow the new truth? Will you follow it so that what happens, the choices that you make are made on the basis of the new revelation of what God has spoken into your life? It is amazing. It can set you free. Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will have a paradigm shift. You will have a shift in the way you think. And what will happen is you will move into a new place of freedom. True freedom. And so here there is this volitional that you will follow, choose to follow the new. It produces a new reality. You know, when the people came out, and I'm nearly finished, when the people came out to John to be baptised. See, what did John say? As they drew out into the wilderness, what John was saying was this, wealth in poverty was not an issue. Why? Because it was publicans and sinners. It was the rich and the poor. You see, it was that they needed to know a new reality. The new reality was, let him who stole steal no more. Let him who's got two clothes, two garments, give one away. Let him who's made false accusations make no more false accusations. See, there is a new way of living. That was their repentance. It wasn't how many tears or how many times that they come to the... And listen, you can come to the front as many times as you want as God takes you deeper and deeper and deeper. But I want you to walk free and into the new and go ahead into the new every time you stand up and walk away. That's what I want. So you don't have to keep coming back and dealing with the things that you always try to deal with. See, God is a God of a new beginning. 
And here he was saying this. And they said, where is he? You see, and he was so intimidated. His inferiority had intimidated him so much that he could not. He could not break out of it. So he hid when they were trying to see who the king was. He was hiding so intimidated by this word. And then they brought him out. And the first thing everybody said when he was presented to them was long live the king. But you see, what had happened hadn't gone deep enough. Because... He was changed into a different man, but it hadn't gone so deep. So that when he was under pressure, and when he was under pressure again, what happened when he saw the people departing from the armies, departing from him, he went and he sacrificed. He stepped over the line, went back into his old behaviors in order trying to try and correct the situation rather than allow God to deal with his inferiority and his intimidation. And so here for you and for me today. You know, let's acknowledge where there's drift in our lives. You know, you're watching online. Acknowledge the drift in your life. Where God has spoken and you just seem to have let it drift by. Go back to Anna's message last week. But you just drift by. And you just go with the drift. And yet God wanted you to make choices. To come into a new place. A new way of thinking. A new way of feeling. A new way of choosing. That's what repentance is all about. God will cause you to step into new things. So listen, as you go through this week. Ask God to show you if there's any drift. And then use this message today to say, God, is there, is there repentance that's required in my thinking? In my emotions? Where I am thinking the wrong thoughts. I'm feeling the wrong things. And also I'm choosing the wrong things. Because I want to come. You know, it is repentance towards God and faith in Christ Jesus we'll look at faith next week we look at how we can move from repentance and we can have faith through in Christ Jesus faith in the new way I want you to put your hand on your heart I want to pray for you I want to pray that God would so touch your lives today that this message would be one of those key messages That will help you in the way ahead. That you'll return back to this place when you need to. And as you return back to it. You'll be able to step into more. And embrace more of the new. So Father I pray for everyone here this morning. I pray for all those watching. Lord I pray that this week would be a time. When the Holy Spirit would speak to us. Lord, that we would hear you speak so clearly. And if there is, if there is drift in our lives, that you would bring us back to the word that you have spoken that so radically changed the way that we think. And Lord, help us to deal emotionally with the things that cause us to resist you, the things that cause us 
to rebel against you, the things that cause our inferiority. And Lord, those times when we feel so insignificant that we would believe you. And Father, I pray that this would be a time that we would even move into repentance and choosing, choosing that honorable way that you have set before us so that every step that we take would be a step of faith. Father, I pray that in the name of Jesus. Lord, if there's anyone here struggling in any area in their lives, Lord, I pray that this would be a week where they see the power of God break in and they would see that there is a new beginning and they would encounter you in a way that would cause them to live differently and then lead them into this great truth of repentance. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. You know, as we come to finish, what we're going to do is we bring our offering. If you can get your offerings ready and also at home, I want us to bring it to the front. We're going to do it table by table. There's plenty of room here. You may do it at your table if you're doing it online. Some of you may have got used to doing it that way. And, you know, there's just new ways of doing things. But there's just one one passage here from Samuel that I want to um, leave with you. And uh, in chapter 10, it says here, because this answers who you're doing things with. What was the phrase I used? Who is with you? And here it says, And when they brought him out, as he stood amongst the people, he was taller than any other. Samuel said to the people, do you see this man the Lord has chosen? There is no one like him in all the people. Then the people shouted, long live the king. And Saul went home into Gibeah, accompanied by valiant men whose hearts God had touched. But some troublemakers said, how can this fellow save us? They despised him and they brought no gifts to him. But Saul kept silent. I'm not talking about leaders today. I'm talking about a king whose name is Jesus. And you see, when there were those who declared he was king, it was that they did exactly what they were told to do and you read that in chapter 8 and they were to bring gifts to their to the king and uh, and so there were those the valiant men the honorable men brought that which they brought to the king why because they wanted to see the king's kingdom established and to do that that the king was no longer going to look after donkeys i want you I want you to move from the natural, even natural leadership, and I want you to move into the kingdom of heaven. And to see that even your gifts today is reflective of your walk with Jesus Christ. And so there were those who became valiant. I don't know how valiant they were. They'd never had an army. I don't know what type of 
men they were in terms of their personality profile just says they were valiant men but then there were others who it says were troublemakers and they despised and brought him no gifts it's all that tells me is this that you can have all of these things presented to you and you can still have a withholding spirit that's all And so this morning, let's just come with such freedom as we then go home. Let's come and let's bring our gifts to the King this morning.